everybody. I'm Grant. And I'm Eric. And you're listening to the Quacking Ducks podcast, where each week we take turns picking a piece of media we love, making the other person experience it for the first time, and then we talk about it on this podcast. Grant, what did we talk about today? Murder party. like spooky halloweeny intro and little did i know it was just bizarrely <laughs> delayed you have, you have little faith yeah uh yeah <laughs> i'm just, now i'm just picturing like a tales from the crypt episode opening with the crypt keeper just being like so uh Today we're going to have a perfectly normal conversation about <laughs> a spooky thing that happened. <laughs> well, I was gonna go hardcore the other way, but then I was like, "Eh, I don't want to." It was a little yell early. In people's ears. So I got really confused because, in my mind, Halloween weekend is the weekend just closest to the date. Yeah, and then apparently everyone was like celebrating Halloween yesterday. I was like. Yesterday's yeah. not Halloween. Yesterday's just had, the weekend before the date. I, I sort of had the same reaction where I was like, oh, Halloween's on a Thursday, so... Yeah, that's Thursday, that's Thirsty that, Thursday. That, that's then, already then, a drinking exactly, holiday. Exactly. I was like, oh, Thursday and then, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, that's what I figured. But, yeah, yeah tons of people were out this weekend, and I was like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Uh. So... This is uh, gonna come out just after Halloween. Yeah, this will come our, out this on the our, real Halloween weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is our our wrapping it up. Uh, uh, the spooky section spooky. of our. Uh, Thank God our you podcast. keep track of this because I was like, how many more Halloween episodes can we fit in? <laughs> we Apparently just keep doing none. them until January. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, for this, uh, episode, I got to choose what yeah. we watched, and I was, like, trying to think of something for, like, a while. I was like, oh, what's a good Halloween mm-hmm. movie? And I couldn't think of one. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. I just watched, uh, with a bunch of people, uh, great, uh one of my favorite Halloween movies. And that's Jeremy Saulnier's movie, Murder Party. So, so, Murder Party, the first of Jeremy Saulnier's uh, clusterfuck trilogy. This is what it's called. By uh, who? By, by Jeremy Saulnier. Okay, just making sure. Oh yeah. Oh, like okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 calls it that himself. It's not yeah. someone being like. Well, these movies are just a clusterfuck. No, no, but also it's like Machete Ordered was not invented by right. uh, fucking George Lucas, you know? Like, that that was what I was trying to determine. Is this a fan-created term 
for the fact that he has made three movies, or is it something that he calls it, like, the Cornetto trilogy? Right, so... So, the... Um... He calls it the, the Cusp Frick, uh trilogy. It's very loosely... It has actually uh, a relation somewhat to the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. because both uh, Edgar Wright and Jeremy Solnier are sort of paying homage to um, a really famous other uh, trilogy by uh, a Polish director I can't pronounce the name of, uh, but it's called the Three Colors Trilogy. Mm -hmm. So Cornetto Trilogy obviously, you know, has its own, like, flavors and and colors associated with it. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Sonner's trilogy is consisting of Murder Party, which unfortunately should have been named something red, but it's Murder Party, uh, to do with a lot of blood, and then Blue Ruin and Green Room are the uh, the rest. So, yeah. Um, So this is the first one. This is uh, 2007 is when he made this. Mm -hmm. I did not see this until after I had seen both Blue Ruin and Green Room because... Mm -hmm. I saw those, was really impressed, and I was like, "Man, I gotta check out what I, like what else this guy has done." And <laughs> this was pretty much it yeah. at that time. This is all the other that he had done. Um, yeah, it's kind of an indie movie. Uh, I don't really know where people can easily go. It's on to Netflix. Find this. Is it okay? Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend. Going watching this and Blue Run and Green Room. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is like a really fun uh, Halloween movie. Um, it's definitely like I didn't I didn't have a Halloween movie that was like assigned, you know, like people have their different holiday movies that they mm-hmm. love. Like I had Christmas covered with Gremlins and Die Hard, but I didn't have like a good and Thanksgiving has plane trains and automobiles, but I didn't have a a Halloween movie that I, I really loved. I just kind of like would bounce around and be like, oh yeah, sure, I'll watch Halloween Town or I'll mm-hmm. watch Hocus Pocus or any other just scary movie or, you know, watch Friday the 13th or whatever, but this is now no, my Friday the 13th movie. is a completely different holiday. I, it's not, I know, it's not gonna, I just meant like I would do yeah. like, Slash like horror, yeah, horror, horror just, classics. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, when was the first time you saw this? Did you see it? Was it I was saw it this us? morning. Oh, okay. Okay, so you didn't see it when we watched it on the trip. No. We watched this on the trip. Nope. <laughs> in Seattle. I was not um, there for that. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were or not. So, yeah. You saw it this morning. That's good. Um, I think my my instinct here is to always just say, Hey, go see it, and then full spoilers, but do you want to give at least an initial um, kind of, like, premise to get yeah, people interested? Sure, and- but I, I will say, like, I don't know that that's necessary, not because I believe it's, like, oh, like, the less you know, the better. It's more that the fucking title tells you the premise, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, the the protagonist is, like, not so... 
Yeah, I feel like I don't really need to say anything more. Okay, uh, no, without, that's fine. It'll, it'll be more that, like, if I say more, I want to tie that into my opinions, and I don't want to give my opinions yet. Uh-huh. So, I, yeah, well, I, then... think those, I think it's Netflix. I will give it a, from a, from a, uh, a simple overlay review. I also recommend it. I would not throw the highly on it. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it's a good Halloween movie. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, then full on spoilers full on from spoilers. now on. Uh, All so right. what? First, because we talked like we started here. I want to talk about the trilogy ness of this. Uh-huh. Uh For the record, I've not seen Blue Ruin, uh-huh. but I I'm kind of glad I didn't have that idea in my head because. I don't know what the time difference between Murder Party and Green Room is, but it feels it's a fast. Lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, so Jeremy Sonner, like, he's worked on a lot of movies with, like, a bunch of different other, mm. like, he's a cinematographer and has done different, like, other things. But mm. he, in terms of directing, he directed this in, like, 2007, and then... Six years later, did Blue Ruin, and then two years later after that, did Green Room. Gotcha. And and that's not to say that, like, oh, just the time is the factor. It's more that it's like, there's a, a, it feels like there's a significant, like, not necessarily, like, experience or, or, like, level of craftsmanship, more so that it's just, like, resources. And definitely, this is, yeah. yeah, It's aggressively low budget compared to a Green Room. This is certainly yeah. a real low budget film, and it's also, it is. I think it is fair to say that it's it's earlier in his work, yeah. and you can you, tell you can that. feel that. And I yeah. and I don't I don't think I have the film education, or at least I have not seen Green Room recently enough to be like, oh, I can really like speak to why I think Green Room is a better movie than Murder Party. Mm. But it's more just that it's like, oh yeah, this feels like someone's early work and then green room mm. feels like someone's later work kind of thing in a way that i don't think cornetto does like that feels right. more like a right. real feels pretty fleshed out in all yeah, of those movies for you sure know, like he was like you go back to his like i guess the difference between murder party and green room feels very comparable to uh baby driver and uh, like some of the music videos that Edgar Wright used to direct <laughs> uh, that are clearly proto Baby Driver of like mm-hmm. you know there's a music video he did of a bank robbery and then someone lip syncing to music in the car that's the whole music video, um, right? So it, and like it, and similarly it's like that music video is still fucking great, but also it's clearly not the like this. It's clearly a different phase yeah, of their yeah. career. Um, and that's just, I'm saying, calling that out kind of early, assuming people haven't just immediately gone watch it for the expectation. Sure. Because I, I think if I had thought of this as like, oh, this, like, I knew it was the guy who made Green Room, but I was not thinking of this is another movie within the set that Green Room is a part of. I'd be yeah. like, if well, I had thought of that, it would have really thrown my expectations off. And, c- and certainly, like, so uh, you haven't seen Blue Ruin, but I'll right. say that this movie is 
this movie is definitely also just in terms of general tone and everything like blue ruin and green room are pretty close in their in their tone Mm -hmm. and this is got a lot more right this comedic absurdism kind of stuff in it it. like Like, you like it's within a realm of believability but it feels more akin to like a really or like a, a good really long college humor sketch where it's like that clearly is yeah, a reality yeah, yeah, yeah. yes everything is obeying the laws of physics but they're not beha- obeying the laws yeah. of like human behavior right right quite so um yeah i do like one of the things i like about um this movie is that it is <laughs> it it's very uh and we talked about it being you know uh an early kind of you know for low budget kind of thing mm-hmm. it definitely feels like an evolution above student film but like right. on the way you know like it like you can see where i don't know that he did i don't think he did not that i know of i don't know of any any short that he made mm-hmm. like he has, he's made two f- f- shorts but i don't think that they were Related in any way to to murder party, but like I could see someone making a student film that's basically this, and then being like, oh, and then I got a little bit more money, and yeah, I'm going to expand it out, making this, and then that kind of speaks to how I feel about it, where like it feels like another story within the trick or treat movie universe Mm. where it's like oh that one has like magic is a thing in that world um but this feels like another kind of story that could fit into that world or like kind of it like a lower budget version of like the movies that i keep talking about feeling like adult goosebumps episodes sure which is like why i like it i do think this is a good like, yeah. it's really fun. I want to emphasize that, f- emphasize that any formalist complaints I have, it's like, it's fucking fun. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie, and it and it has, it's a good group watch, and it's yeah. also, uh, one of the things that's, I think, nice and unique about it is it also, like, its basic premise, right, is mm-hmm. that there's these, this group of artists who are, like, trying to, to, be avant-garde and and mm-hmm. to to create this you know some work of art or whatever that'll and it's kind of taking that idea and cranking it up to 11 where it's like oh yeah they've basically decided to invite people to this party and if someone comes they'll kill them yeah and like one of them will film it and that'll be his that film will be his art piece another one will take pictures another one will the act of killing him is their art like mm-hmm. you know and like they have a lot of like kind of silly you know, like the, the the thing that makes it college humory, like you're talking about, is taking that idea of the artists who are always trying to be like, well, I, the formalism of this, you know, like just like to be like, to put everything into a piece of art and yeah. to like, you know, it's basically taking that and making them a group of murderers, and yeah. and and that's kind of the the crank to 11 unrealistic part of it but it's it's a lot of fun because yeah. i enjoy it, you know both being a creative and working in a creative industry and being able to also 
look at these caricatures that are mocking mm-hmm. creatives and like you know like it's kind of a a fun yeah and it is interesting because it, it's still like a culture not quite in peril like overlapping right. with ours so right. it, remi- it reminded me of how i felt watching um velvet buzzsaw where mm-hmm. it was like i wish i knew more enough about that scene to actually have a sense of like oh, is this actually how it is, or is this a cartoon? Like, I don't... It feels like a cartoon, but that is from an outside perspective of someone who does not go to those kinds of parties. Like, maybe that is just like, no, that's how it is some nights, you know? Right, right. Um, well, which I think would make... Sorry, I think if that? you have that experience, it might make the movie, like, way more interesting, too. Like, right, totally. Like, totally. you know, the handful of friends we have that live in... Brooklyn now might enjoy this movie way more or less mm-hmm. um, because of how true it might be to that experience kind of thing. Well, and that's a that's a really good um, Velvet Buzzsaw is a really good thing to bring up because it's it's essentially like it's got a very similar premise of mm-hmm. what is being tweaked. It's just it's more high art gallery yeah. level instead of like independent struggling artists like yeah. kind of level, it's, you know. It the overlap is like it's the uh the characters in Murder Party really want to be characters in yeah. Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. like they're the same world, it's just different stages. You right. know? The, right. You know, it's the difference between going to GDC with the uh the past just for networking and then going to GC when your work pays for it and being like, I'm not going to go to any talks. I'm just going to hang out with my friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no, it, it, and you're right. It, it's not, it's not a direct comparison. It's just that it's close enough that it's fun, like fun for me to, to watch and to, you know, right. You could take up on things. I definitely you know, can like, see like, Oh, I think I've met that person before. Right, kind right, of thing. Right. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So I do want to say, and and this kind of goes to why I was like, eh, I don't really want to get into the plot too much more. Uh, one thing that lends itself to the like the short film or, or like anthology kind of feel of it is the protagonist is like not a character for a very <laughs> yeah. very long time, uh-huh. and like. They do have an arc in terms of their, like, wimpiness to proactiveness and stuff, but even just from, like, a what's their name and what is their job, it's like, you kind of get some hints, and it's interesting, like, there's clearly a level of intentionality with, like, some of the set dressing and stuff, but it does feel like the first feature-length film someone does after having done a hundred shorts so like you're mm-hmm. you're kind of still doing like still writing it like a short film and then forget it like the fact like it jumps into the plot really quickly yeah yeah uh but then Oof. it lives in that space maybe too long a very long time fair enough yeah because the, the pace a lot of fun. yeah it's fun it's more just the pacing's weird in terms yeah, of like that's a good the, yeah the first girl who dies dies like really fucking early yeah it's like oh shit it's that kind of movie and then 
nothing like that happens for a fucking right. long time. And then a whole bunch of the end. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, so one of the things that I definitely see comparing Murder Party to Green Room and, and kind of the evolution that we were talking about mm-hmm. is that Green Room, one of the things that Jeremy Sonner plays with in general is violence like depicted at a level that's pretty visceral and mm-hmm. like, like, I, you know, I, I would say is intentionally trying to be like, not just like, oh yeah, and then the violence happens and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's trying to stand out as like, no, violence is intense and real fucked up, and it doesn't just, it's not something that you just kind of like shrug off or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something, it's really intense. So, like, he in Blue Ruin and Green Room and Murder Party, one of the things that is like the through line is like that depiction and and that is in this movie but you're right the pacing in between those moments is very different from something like green room which also starts off pretty quick with violence but it it's building tension in a very different way and it's you know it's stretching out it's not like you ever forget about that dead girl from the beginning of green room right right Um, so like it 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 does a better job at pacing that to yeah. a and to I, a nerve wracking kind of yeah, situation. Yeah, you know? the tone, like, because I think you're yeah. right in terms of the way the violence is handled. It, it like ignoring grander context that you can see the comparison there. Uh-huh. Um, but I think there's a right. huge level, like, just because the violence is realistic or visceral. It still doesn't land, and like again, this is a you know it's early, much earlier in his career. It doesn't land nearly, even in the like not in terms of like scale of like better or worse. Just it doesn't even feel the same compared to Green Room because it's the comedy still always makes it feel like a cartoon world, right? And you know, I think like, yeah, that's where I think he he evolved into removing that because there is a lot of funny stuff in this yeah. movie, like. Which I and I I don't know that I would necessarily want to quali- uh, quantify that as an evolution because I think uh, you know like Hot Fuzz is it, I think this movie feels like Hot Fuzz in terms of the way violence is handled you know where like oh the hot the violence is shocking because of how it's depicted but it's not um, upsetting it doesn't hit that upsetting threshold because of the world it kind of takes place in. You know, mm. and I don't want to use too many exa- examples from Hot Fuzz because that's not the movie we're spoiling right now. But like, right. you know what I mean? Where there's things where you go like, "Holy shit, that just happened!" Right. But you're right. never like, uh, like, like Green Room makes you like uncomfortable with For sure. sitting with that yeah. violence in a way right. that uh, this never does. And I don't know that that's necessarily I, if that is was at all the goal with Murder Party, then yes, he he definitely like evolved and improved on that execution i don't know that that was the goal with murder party it doesn't feel it feels almost experimental more just like let me like i have these ideas and i have these themes i'm interested in and let me kind of play with them and then later he kind of pursued i guess the context of the story makes me think that he is playing with it in that Mm -hmm. way because he is clearly examining how violence is just 
an accepted part of most art that we consume. Yeah, I guess like it's, it's almost like, like, like taking all the, like context of what they're saying, and then obviously at the end when they like literally run into a gallery and do the Velvet Buzzsaw thing of like yeah. having dead people and people just like, hmm, interesting. Right. Yeah, I th- you know, like it, it's it's definitely it, it, it's talking almost, about that stuff. It's just yeah, I think it's more it's more like I have th- I have thoughts that I'm mm. wrestling with about violence in art in Murder Party. And then by the time you get to green room, it's like, I now have a more distinct idea about what my, like, what my views are and or where they can't coming, where they're coming from. And now I can execute on that kind of right. thing. So right. like, because of that nature, I do think, uh, it's kind of like the, they're coming from the same, like trunk of the tree. But I, I do think, uh, uh, murder party and green room kind of branch in opposite directions, where one's more like critiquing the like critiquing, and that's like, well, no, I'd rather just show the opposite. Like, I, I think I, I think they're both. I think they're both critiques. I think that green room is a much subtler and more effective. It's not. Way it doesn't of- feel like it's talking about violence in media. It feels like it's just a depiction of violence. In a piece of uh, media. See, I, I would disagree. We're not talking about Green Room technically today, yeah. but I, I would say that in Green Room, part of the part of the point, both in Blue Room and Green Room, I'd say the part of the point is like, hey, you know how in this, in, if a different movie was, if a different person was making this movie, mm-hmm. that cut on his arm might just be kind of forgotten after mm-hmm. that scene because whatever. But like in Green Room, it, like it's. It is disturbing, but it's also like, no, like violence is real fucked up, and people get right. Like, I guess the difference hurt, I, I mean like, is you know, I don't feel like the film is an opinion. A, right. I, I guess the difference I, I I mean is like I don't feel like the film is directly or or like the filmmaker is trying to have the 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 method of communication to the audience feels less like pointed and direct. Yeah. yeah. It's more like I am depicting. A, ver- a story that takes place in the real world that has violence and by that nature the violence will be depicted realistically but it never feels like the director is like pointing a finger at me or pointing another finger at the film being like right. see look at my violence it's like no this is this is the way it is in a way that uh murder party feels a little bit more like i have a thing to say about violence and i'm going to do that through the medium of film and I'm going to tell that to an audience. Like, Green Room, if you're immersed well enough, like, gr- Green Room could, in like, exist at, in a lot of other media forms. And also, its its effectiveness is almost kind of, like, audience agnostic. Like, the... Because it's also, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of... It's tough to kind of put words to what I think the distinction is 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 it, and and maybe this also kind of lends itself to the the college humor comparison where like the in a college humor sketch I know this sounds like a really weird thing but what the sketch what is happening in the sketch is usually like secondary to what the sketch is about and what the sketch is trying to say in the context of the world that the sketch is being viewed in mm. whereas I don't I think there are definitely elements to that with green room where like Yes, green room feels 
unique when compared to violence in media as a whole. But I don't feel like Green Room is telling me to look at it from that angle. That is just a thing built into it amongst a bunch of other things. Like, I think a part of what makes Green Room's conversation about violence interesting is also the social structures existing within the story that allow the violence to happen and how it emulates Mm -hmm. those things in real life. Like, I think it's having a much more interesting conversation about violence in the real world than it is about violence in films and the real world. No, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I guess my, my, my look at it is that Murder Party is, like you said earlier, like he, he's him being like, I have a thought about this and I want to talk about it using Mm -hmm. a movie or whatever. And I feel like, in green room it feels like he's already had the discussion multiple times and he's got a very good understanding of what you know he feels about violence and mm-hmm. then is that is like that informs his work as opposed right. okay, to like that, that you know phrasing i 100% agree with right that is exactly how i see them different too like mm-hmm. you can see the progression of a filmmaker's career through the two, but I do think they feel they again making it different than like the Corneo trilogy, where it's like right, right. Those themat like thematically and uh, you know skill execution and stuff, they feel very comparable mm. in in a way that these feel much more like a timeline of. Um, yeah, for 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 the start and the end for Murder Party and for for Green Room, like I said, Blue Blue Ruin is very similar to Green Room, right? Like, which also uh, kind of throws off. Like, yeah. I would be happier calling it a trilogy if uh, Blue Ruin came out three years after Murder Party and three years before. <laughs> sure, Green right. Room because you could show that full yeah. like evolution. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I do. So there was another thing I thought I had about Murder Party specifically, since uh-huh. we were talking about yeah. Green Room a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it rides that line where I think because it's, it exists a little bit more in real life than like a straight up satire comedy, like a college humor sketch or a hot fuzz. Um, it makes some parts where the characters are fucking insufferable weird. And, and uh, 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 like, I don't, like, I don't fully feel the, like, I feel like it, it's a kind of hand-wavy to be like, well, you're supposed to not like them. They're obviously the bad guys. They're, they are attempted murderers. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I still have to spend time with these people by the nature of the, the way this movie is constructed. And there are points where I'm like, fuck, I am sick of these people. What, which, you know, do you have any? Uh, they're like, I mean, the worst part, and like, honestly, I think it's a very good, like you said, a good party viewing movie. Other than this one instance, when they start, ha- ha- they have like this weird micro conversation about the N word. It's just like, mm-hmm. I believe that you've met a person who has ha- tried to have this conversation with you at a party. Right. And you're like, that's so fucking stupid and weird, I have to put it in a film. I totally believe that's what happened, and I get that impulse. But, right. now you're just making the audience feel as uncomfortable as that you were when around that person. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't... 
this doesn't feel like it really sir you could the best you could say is like oh it helps to undermine how like shitty these characters are and i'm like does it though right like, i already don't like them you didn't yeah you yeah. know it, it, it's kind of the same criticism that gets thrown at tarantino sometimes where it's like no we get that they're bad guys you can you can calm down mm-hmm. like we don't we get it you don't need this yeah um, so that was one instance where I was like, and I, I don't know how that kind of went with actually watching it with a bunch of people. I was just watching it with Helen and I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. just like, ah, man, it's one of those, it, like, it's kind of weird because there's nothing else within the movie that makes me go like, oh, this is so uncomfortable that I, I want to like fast forward. Mm hmm. So the, it felt very out of place. Yeah, yeah. You know, versus like I don't know, not like every Eli Roth movie makes me want to fast forward through half of it. Right. Um, right. So it was weird to have like a five minutes where I'm just like, oh, why is this in here? Mm. Um, yeah. Everything else kind of lended Sounds itself like better yeah. to like, oh yeah, like you hate them, and also you kind of like laughing at them aspects. Um. Yeah, it it was interesting. I kind of wish. I'm also I. It's weird. Some of the characters felt disproportionately developed, in a weird way. Um, I almost wish like the cheerleader girl was not the first one to die, and it was someone else, just to have the <laughs> have the cast be a little bit more gender balanced for uh-huh. the rest of the movie. Um, the, I did, so, okay, I thought the, um, Warriors costume character was interesting, and I, and, like, I want, I, I thought they were gonna go a direction where, like, oh, no, even though he seems to be simultaneously the most disinterested, he's also the most fucking crazy, which they did go that way, but it felt more... It was a weird thing where it's like he was established as pretty crazy early, but then they also gave him like an arc to turn him crazy without it. It felt like forgetting that they already established that he was crazy without Mm -hmm. needing inciting incident kind of thing. Um, The drug dealer felt like uh, a character from one of the like was practically the character from the Ant-Man movies. Like, the, the Russian? Yeah. yeah. And like, as soon as he's like, truth serum, I was like, that's not real. And I just thought of the entire Ant-Man 2 yeah. bit where they're arguing about whether or not truth serum is real. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird one where I... I like the way the ending does pay off a bunch of things. I thought the the guy's face exploding <laughs> because he kept drinking moonshine all night uh-huh. made like worked great. Um, I thought the, the I thought it was actually really funny the way they're well, like, "Hey, that dog is still outside." Like you completely forget about it by that yeah. point. I love I love uh, so the werewolf guy. I love that he go like. I, I like that it's kind of a cool callback to, like, werewolf films mm-hmm. doing 
crazy transform, you know, like American Werewolf in London and like, mm-hmm. a bunch of, like a big thing in werewolf films is how you're going to do the, the transformation and showing it and getting nastier, nastier and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, and I like that he, he transforms into this nasty melted like yeah. thing, uh, you know, at the end of it. And that's like him becoming that monster. Um, I, also, I, think it, I think that part works especially well because of the, how it doesn't pay off. Right. They build up that he is also chasing them the whole yeah. time, and then yeah. he just falls <laughs> off the, the <laughs> ledge. I think that pays it off better. Uh-huh. I think it, like, the tra- like the quote-unquote transformation thing, like, because I, I was thinking it was another one where it's like, ah, I guess, I didn't really read it as that more, uh, except for, like, when he's chasing and he's all fucked up, it does have a, like, um, Tucker and Dale versus evil kind of yeah. aspects where yeah. you, you do see a, this, like, fucked up version of a character you saw fine throughout the rest of the movie. But it lands so much better, the fact that he doesn't even re, <laughs> like, meet up with their main right. characters in any way. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I love, uh, the one woman's, uh, Daryl Hannah from Blade Runner uh, outfit, mm-hmm. her costume. I think it's great. Um, the uh, so the the guy who plays the werewolf, by the way, uh, Macon Blair. Um, he is a real good buddy of Jeremy Solnier. Um, uh, just as a fun fact, he mm-hmm. is the lead in Blue Ruin, uh, and he is also in green room he's the guy he's uh the like manager of the club who then like has to call patrick stewart's character and stuff gotcha um yeah that's cool um he also made his own movie uh for netflix called i don't feel at home in this world anymore that sounds familiar. Yeah, I didn't see it, though. it has an Elijah Wood uh, uh, in it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, anywho, uh, yeah, I I liked a lot of the costuming in this. Uh, I yeah, felt like they were fun. good, like, they're, like, they are low-budget like film students and essentially and their costumes all felt like low budget films <laughs> like film student Halloween yeah, costumes. It did make me think because I saw like cat or like costume designer in the credit opening credits. I was like, that's gotta be interesting. Being a costume designer on a Halloween movie mm-hmm. kind of allows you to do like double duty where you're like, okay, what is the costume for this character of then what will they pretend to make a costume of? Right, right. You know? It's like you, funny. Have to, you have to design their street clothes, essentially, and their personality, and then another costume on right. top of that. It's funny. Um, I, I think they had a, a overall costume designer, but um, the main guy designed his own cardboard uh, like night costume thing like he he made that yeah um which is that, fun. Was, that was another thing where especially like when he's running around at the end i was like if this was a different movie 
I'd be thinking, just fucking take the helmet off. <laughs> but because this is not set in the real world, right. I guess you wouldn't, because it's more funny, the visual, <laughs> to not. Oh, it's so yeah. funny. It's so good. His oh, little, like, I, freaked out okay. faces as he's running yeah. in love. I have a fun fact. Uh-huh. So, the Warriors guy keeps uh-huh. playing PSP uh-huh. through a lot of it. I, I think, I don't think this is, like, super intentional, but it's probably, like, the way the, the costume came to exist. Because there's a PSP first Warriors game developed by Rockstar. <laughs> and I, I imagine it's like, oh, what are the costumes going to be for this movie? And if, like, the Warriors costume probably came from, like, well, I've been playing the Warriors on PSP lately. <laughs> and they, they like, would love a Warriors costume in this movie. I like so it. I, I thought that was cute, because that was one of the two, like, when I had a PSP, the original, I had two games. One was Warriors, and one was uh, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories, which was a PSP-only Grand Theft Auto game. Now, this is pedantic, and I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring it up. Technically, mm-hmm. he his outfit is a member right. of the baseball it, furious. It's from the film from Warriors. The I know Warriors. he's not yeah. a member of the Warriors. To, I just wanted to mention so people yeah. out there listening and not that, watching. Though. I want people to know I knew that. I was <laughs> saying the name of the film that the costume comes yeah. from. The same way I would say the woman was in a Blade Runner costume. Not the character Blade Runner, <laughs> but a character from the film Blade Runner. I, I, for sure. I, yeah. oh, I just wanted to mention it because I do think that the Baseball Furies are, like, far and away the the best, like, themed gang in that movie. Right, they're <laughs> like, the, the iconic the, they're ones. They're the ones like... that actually people think about, like... Yeah. The Warriors like, are if, just, if he like... If dressed up as a member of the Warriors... He would just look like uh, a problematic Native American costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one knows what the Warriors look like. Yeah. But the Baseball Furies are great. Yeah, they're the, like... Like, they're literally the mascots for that film at this yeah. point. Yeah, Because there's them, and then there's also that one gang <laughs> that all look like they're kind of dressed like the Chucky doll. Like, they all have overalls on and, like, yeah. striped shirts. Uh, that just look like a bunch of toddlers, like giant toddlers. Yeah. Um, anyways, also not talking about the Warriors this time, I guess. Uh, I mean, the Warriors, like, what's to spoil? That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, okay, let's see. Any other stuff that you want to say about Murder Party? Or, I guess at this point, Green Room or Warriors? Uh, no, it, like, it's one that I didn't, it, I didn't have aggressive thoughts about. I was like, uh-huh. this is fun. This is a fun movie. Oh, I did have an aggressive thought that I want to bring up. Uh, I will die on this hill. Mm-hmm. Murder Party is not a horror movie. I don't think it can be, I think it is a dark comedy at best. Yeah, dark comedy is probably the best way yeah. to describe like that, it. I think that's just an important thing if you're like, ooh, what's a good movie to watch on Halloween with friends? Murder Party is a great movie for that. 
it's not a horror movie. So yeah. like, yeah. If, you're, if that's if that's the tone of the room, if people are saying, "Ooh, we want to watch a horror movie, we want to get scared together," it's like, this ain't it. This is a no, fun. It's a it's movie. Yeah, it's a very like all in all, it's a funny movie. Like you yeah. said, it is essentially college humor, but intense. <laughs> uh, like like a like a weird. They decided to make a college humor skit that just went on for a while. Like, yeah. you know. Um But yeah. It's uh it's fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Cool. Well now I wanna go watch Green Room. <laughs> I don't that one that you need to be ready for that. That's why I'm, I feel ready for it. And there's not okay. a whole lot of times that you are, and, you know, like it's not a, it's not like you like, you're right. It's not a movie that you just watch yeah. occasionally. It's, you have to be in the exact right yeah. room for it's it. It's not cathartic, and... like a, like a, the first purge or something no, no. where it's like, yeah. yeah, that's about horrible people. But like, it kind of makes you feel like you could take them by the end of it. Uh huh. Green Room just makes you feel exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. If I'm yawning, it's not a night for Green Room. Um, I forgot. Um, so, we briefly mentioned uh, how this was on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Murder Party. So yeah, I recommend watching it. I am happy just in general. So, like I said, Macon Blair made a movie with Netflix. And then Jeremy Solnier uh, also... Uh, his latest film. He did two episodes of uh, the latest ep- uh, season of True Detective, uh, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen that, so I can't talk about it. Um, but he also did a Netflix uh, film uh, called Hold the Dark, um, which is not a part... It's the only like feature-length film that he's made that's not a part of is this gonna, the Clash Have trilogy. you seen it yet? I have. Okay. Do you think if I watched it, I would be like, fuck that. That makes a better third in this trilogy than Murder Party. I don't think so. Okay. Um, it is in like it is slightly because it's not like comedic and it's mm-hmm. weird and, and, and kind of dark and stuff. But I don't think it really fits in with with Blue Runner Green Room either. Um, so I was gonna no, say, no better, but no, right. no worse uh, either. Right. I don't think so. Um, okay. I would say personally, and I, I also believe Brian saw this, and I talked to him about it as well when it came out uh, last year. Both of us, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, what Brian's sense was, both of us thought it was. Okay, and pretty pretty okay. Gotcha. But like, not as great as I was hoping, having come mm-hmm. off of Green Room, um, which is a great, if disturbing, film. Um, yeah, uh, but I am happy that Netflix is taking an interest in people like Jeremy Solinger. I think it's interesting to give people who are like him, who have interesting and different you know ways of making movies and different kind of um approaches that are making an impact and getting a lot of of attention but he just hasn't been given 
you know, he, he's clearly still, you know, kind of... He hasn't done a Marvel movie yet. Like, he's still, yeah, he's still kind of an independent darling that, like, yes, his green room had a lot of, you know, weight behind it with Patrick Stewart, but it's kind of like... yeah. Yeah, Patrick Stewart happened to see it, uh, like happened to see the script and like it and want to do it. Like, you know, like that's kind of, you know, he's not uh, he's not like a big name, but I think that he has a lot of cool stuff that he wants to do. So I'm I'm excited to see like the next thing he makes. (laughs) uh, So just shout out to Netflix, I guess. for (laughs) Yeah, they need our shout out. (laughs) I'm just saying I like it. I like that they're for their original series and stuff that they're looking at people like. And making Blair, you know, that's, that's I cool. agree. They should make more uh, Sense8. <laughs> um, sure. I haven't seen it, so I can't. It's so fucking good. Um, oh, I remember what it is. That's yeah. the Wachowski yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, rem- I remember you telling me about that and yeah. Helen telling me about it. Um, and Hill House. God, Hill House is so good. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, if you want a Halloween thing other than Murder Party, Hill House. So fucking good. Sweet. Yep. Well, I think that, that will do it for us. Uh, I'm going to hop off and watch Green Room. Um, you should watch Hill House. At some point. At some point. Um, maybe. Yeah. You really should. No, I mean, may, I meant maybe as in maybe tonight. Like, I was looking at pictures of this. Yeah, maybe. Uh, cool. All right. Well, in that case, uh, we want to thank Brenna for awesome artwork. Yeah. We want to thank Dave for editing and giving us yeah. the music. And if you want to, you can comment on SoundCloud. And tell us what your favorite Halloween spooky movie is. Yeah? Yeah. Alright. Peace. Bye.